This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace. I'm the author of This Naked Mind, and today I'm answering readers' questions. And I have a few questions on this one topic. So um, they are all about binge drinking and kind of what is the difference between binge drinking and regular drinking. Specifically, Erin asks, hello, I was wondering if Annie could talk about binge drinking. I don't drink every day, just in the weekends or when I go out. And I binge drink, and then I beat myself up about it for a couple of days, and then I do it the next weekend. Um, There's a few more questions that are very much in the same lines, like, how, what's the difference between binge drinking? How do we know if, if certain things will work for binge drinking? Where can we find support uh, for binge drinking? So I really want to talk about this difference. And I think that there are really two categories when it comes to uh, how people drink problematically. And one is regular drinking. That's what I did. I drink every single day you know, at least a bottle of wine, sometimes more. And then one is binge drinking where you don't drink every single day, but special occasions come up, weddings come up, weekends come up and boom, all of a sudden drinking is not just a little bit, but it's like really a lot of drinking. And to the point where kind of you're um, the one falling down, hurting themselves, stuff like that. So it, it ends up being, you know, a really interesting thing with these two things. So With regular drinking and daily drinking, in most cases, for a long time at least, at least outwardly, people really manage to function, right? So that you can be successful, you can have the career, you can have the job, you can have the marriage. Your drinking could be pretty hidden, but you're doing it all the time every day. Or even if you're not hiding it, you're still sort of appearing somewhat sober. I remember my mother-in-law saying to me when I stopped drinking, she said, I never even saw you drunk. Like, Why are you stopping drinking? And the truth was I was just consuming so much alcohol that I wasn't getting drunk because I was doing it on such a regular basis. And what happens then that you build such a high tolerance that some of the physical side effects aren't as intense. The trap that regular drinkers fall into is that they see the person who is stumbling, who's slurring, who's falling over, and they think, well, surely, you know, I'm I'm not as bad off as them because I'm not doing those things. You know, I can handle myself even if they're, they're, Uh, blacking out and stuff like that. And then binge drinking on the other hand is where somebody is actually really capable of stopping. And they do. They stop all the time over and over and over again. So they're really used to withdrawals. They're used to going through periods of time where they stop. One of the main reasons that they stop is because the binges are so bad and so intense that when they are ready to finally say, okay, I'm stopping this, They don't even want to put a drink near their mouth. They're sick of it. The cognitive dissonance is gone. They're like, no, this is done. This is over. The problem comes in that they make that decision like, this is the last time. I'm never doing this again. This is over. Never again. Over and over and over again. So the problem is how do they stay stopped? And interestingly, in the binge drinking side of the spectrum, equally, we look at regular drinkers and we say, well, you know, I don't have a problem because I don't drink every night. I don't have a problem because I can go for weeks without drinking, months without drinking in some cases. Like, you know, when I do drink, yeah, maybe it's too much, but I don't, I, I don't have something I need to look at because actually um, I don't have a problem. Now, the truth is that in both these situations, it's kind of the same mechanisms at work. And so I want to go into that a bit and really explain what's happening here. So we talk a lot about dopamine and dopamine is the chemical that's released in the brain is called the learning molecule. And it's chemical that released in the brain when the brain wants us to repeat an action. And the thing about dopamine is that that 
it has a circumstantial component. That means if you're doing something every single day, when I walked out of my office, I would open the cabinet, I would grab that glass of wine, and I would literally, before I even kissed my kids or said hi to my husband, walk out of my office, grab the glass of wine, uh, take the box at that time, because I didn't want anybody, including myself, to know how many bottles I was drinking at night, so I was drinking wine out of a box, and pour my glass, and then that was like my first thing. But it was so habitually triggered, and the dopamine was really circumstantial for me, so that trigger was very circumstantial. Now, equally, if you're only drinking on the weekends or only drinking in certain social events, it's the same situation where that dopamine is really triggered, and here's why. Most things that are good in our lives and that we need to repeat, having sex, for example, release dopamine in the brain that cues our brain this is good, do this again, repeat this, we learn it, okay? With alcohol and any other substance that's addictive, we get flooded at artificially high levels with dopamine. And when we get flooded to that extent, the dopamine tells us, okay, this is really good, do this again. And again, circumstantially, it not only imprints the flood, but it also remembers all the different circumstances around what is happening right before that dopamine hit so that we can say, in this situation, this is what we should do. And that's you know, really how dopamine works. It is teaching us at a very evolutionary level, at a very like monkey brain level, that we need alcohol to survive. And so that's why cravings can be so hard, because when you're saying no to that dopamine when it's been triggered, you're going against an evolutionary craving. And it can be really difficult. It can feel like a life or death thing. It can feel like people drink and I know this is a bit of a tangent, but literally people drink when they know they don't want to just to get rid of that uncomfortable feeling of craving because you don't feel, because it feels so scary and so terrifying and you don't think it's going to end. The beautiful thing about cravings is they do, they pass and they go away if you can just sit with them for 10 or 15 minutes, but that can be incredibly hard to do when your brain is telling you, if you don't do this thing, if you don't drink that, you are at risk of dying is essentially what that dopamine response is telling your brain. But that can happen very, very intensely every Friday night, right? So if you're a weekender, if you drink Friday to Saturday, Sunday, getting through that Friday night can be almost impossible because of that dopamine response. So you really have to think that through. Equally, if you're a daily drinker, you're having that dopamine response every single day, every single time you walk out of the office, every single time you clock out of your job, you've created that dopamine response and that's happening inside your brain. The other thing that's really interesting and it happens on both sides of this regular drinking and binge drinking is how um, the drink is going to make you want another drink and you learn this subconsciously. So what happens, especially with binge drinking, is that the next day you wake up from a binge and usually in the early days of binge drinking, you wake up from a binge and you're like, okay, never again, keep that away from me. It's literally repulsive. You do not want to have a drink again because of how horrible it's made you feel and it's very easy to say no and turn it off. So you don't drink for a long time. Then something else comes up and boom, the same thing happens, but the next day you're so miserable you don't want to drink until something happens where drinking is acceptable the next day. Now, this can often be like on a weekend, a stag do, a hen do, a bachelor party, um, a wedding, something like that, or a vacation, especially an all-inclusive vacation, where the next day it's totally acceptable to go and get a mimosa the next day. 
Now, the thing about alcohol that really traps us is alcohol is a depressant. And what that means is it depresses our nervous system and it numbs us. So if we're feeling sick and miserable and hungover, alcohol will relieve that feeling simply because it's a numbing agent. It's such an intense numbing agent that it used to be used in surgeries. You know, when someone was going, undergoing surgery until they decided it was too toxic and they stopped using it and they found more effective anesthetics. So it numbs that. And so you learn subconsciously and consciously that, oh, another drink is going to relieve the misery I feel. So as a binge drinker, you drink a lot in a short amount of time. It makes you feel absolutely awful. And then the next morning you wake up and you know now over the years that, oh, that time at that wedding when I had a drink the next morning, it made me feel better. And so you wake up and you do it again. And this can happen. I mean, binges can be hours. They can be days. They can be weeks. People can binge for months. Um, but then at some point, something happens. And the weekender situation is particularly interesting because it's just so typical. What happens is you binge on Friday night, Saturday morning, you wake up, you're just miserable, but you don't have anything to go to. There's no work. There's no reason. And so your subconscious mind is screaming at you. You will feel better if you drink. So you start drinking to feel better from the night before. You go through Saturday. You go through part of Sunday. You wake up Monday morning, and you know that if you don't go to your job, you're going to get fired. So you have to make a stop to the binge. And so you're in this situation where you are stopping and going through the withdrawal symptoms of stopping on a really regular basis, but also because you're also drinking every weekend, you're never actually giving your body and your brain enough time to truly heal. Even if you drink once a week, it disrupts your sleep to the amount that you aren't sleeping and getting as much enough rest or as much rest or as healthy of rest as you could. So it's a really interesting thing with binge drinking. With binge drinking, it looks so different because stopping isn't the issue. You do it all the time. It's staying stopped that's the issue. Whereas with regular drinking, daily drinking, I remember it being like the thought of going a day without drinking was like, oh gosh, I guess I can do it. But the entire day was like, okay, well, this day's shot because I was so habitually accustomed to pouring that glass of wine every single day as soon as I, I walked out of my office. Now, there's something else here that happens, and this happens both with binge drinking, regular drinking, but it's really fascinating. It's called FAB, the fading effect bias. And basically, what this means is that we, the pain, we cannot feel pain when we're not feeling pain. So what does that mean? Um, I was pregnant, massively nauseous for nine months with all three of my pregnancies. And in that moments of nausea, I couldn't even imagine what it felt like to not feel nauseous. Now, right here, right now, I don't feel nauseous at all. And I cannot, I know it was horrible, but I don't feel it. So I can't imagine how bad it was to feel nauseous. And the same thing that happens, like, feeling hungover, you feel nauseous, you feel dizzy, you feel miserable. All of this really negative stuff is happening. But as soon as a week or two weeks, or by the way, <laughs> Friday comes along, the pain of Monday morning is only a memory. It's not something you're truly feeling anymore, okay? And so it is, becomes the com combination of the fading effect bias and the dopamine response for Friday night becomes something that is like, a recipe for another weekend binge, which is, you know, time passes, life happens, and then that Friday night becomes a trigger, even though you made all those promises to yourself. Now, for a regular drinker, that time frame is just shortened. Um, we do it every day. In the middle of the night, I'd say, I'm not drinking tomorrow night. And then by five o'clock, 
all of the reasons that I had told myself I wasn't going to drink had faded. And in a large part, because my body was drinking every single day, our bodies are incredible. They're phenomenal. And they actually create um, mechanisms to make us feel better amidst poisoning ourselves. So I was not feeling the intense hangovers that somebody might have been feeling who were binging for three days four days and then not drinking for the rest of the week. Because guess what? Those four days that you're not drinking compared to the three that you are, your body says, okay, great, we can heal. And it lets down its defenses. So then you binge again and you feel even worse than someone who's drinking heavy, like every single day. And so you feel even worse. Um, it leads you to drink again in that binge. When you decide you're done binging because something is coming up, you have to leave your vacation or you're going back to work or whatever, you're so miserable in that moment that it's very easy to say, okay, I'm going to stay quit for longer. And you sometimes can. Now I want to cover one last aspect of this. And that is this aspect of when fading effect bias happens in binge drinking and in regular drinking, something happens where we say, okay, well, I'm just going to try one drink. And two outcomes happen when you just try one drink, right? First is you aren't as in control from that one drink and boom, it sends you on five drinks, 10 drinks, whatever it is. And you're right down, right back binging. And you say, okay, that, that didn't work. That was a little experiment. didn't work. Or second, you have that one drink and you are in control. Your mind confirms, okay, so this isn't an issue or this is an issue, but I've obviously gotten in control of it. Now you might be able to have those one or those two drinks and you might be able to do that for three, four, five days in a row, even longer sometimes. But the truth is that eventually because of that, your mind also says, well, since this isn't an issue and since having one drink isn't all that much fun, why wouldn't I let loose? Why wouldn't I have more than one drink? And eventually that tipping point happens where your prefrontal cortex, because it is literally impaired by alcohol, so that's a part of your brain that makes decisions, gives up the fight, it's impaired, and all of a sudden there you are right back on a binge. So I really hope that this helped clarify you know, some of the differences because I think when we're on one end as a binge drinker, you look at somebody and say, I would never drink every night. Are you crazy? Like that would never happen to me, of course. Like, so I'm fine. I can quit all the time. I always quit, you know, whereas, you know, on the other side as a regular drinker, you're sitting there saying like, oh my gosh, yes, sure. I drink every night, but I'm never going to get falling over, you know, because honestly, you have such a high tolerance that um, you're passing out before you're falling over because you've accustomed your body to it and your body's never going through that detox period that the binge drinker is. The binge drinker is just going through withdrawal on a much more frequent basis. And so you as a regular drinker are developing a much higher tolerance. And if you have stopped getting hangovers, that is one of the signs that your body is really, really in a bad spot. So Food for thought on that. Um, the, the second part of that question is where can you learn more about this? I think one of the best books written, uh, was written from the perspective of a binge drinker, is Alcohol Explained by William Porter. And he just really goes into the science of it, and it's a phenomenal book. So if you want more resources on binge drinking, that is what I would highly recommend. So thank you so much. Hello to everyone, and have a great day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.